Well, you have to admit it's getting better, if only because it's not getting any worse. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs, the many cover versions, compares them against each other to find out which one's the betterest. I'm your host as always, John Lennon, joined by my... <laughs> or no, was that any good? That's the best I can do for a Liverpool accent as well. It's nice to see you again, John. Oh, I know. So good. I know we had our differences, but I, Paul McCartney, am very happy to see you. Oh, Paul McCartney. It's, uh... <laughs> I got nothing. I got fuck all. I'm your host, as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my Liverpoolian co-host, Alex Mildenberger. I mean. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney, and it's me, John Lennon, I'm back on the microphone. So today we're talking about a Beatles classic from the album, uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yes, and I have no memory of recording this one, so I'm going to pass it over to Alex now, and he'll finish the rest of the episode. (laughs) Alright, thanks, Paul. Oh, man, can't believe he was in town. (laughs) Cowardice. Are you calling Sir Paul McCartney a coward? You're goddamn right I am. Uh, sorry, it's uh, I, honestly John Lennon was gonna do the rest of the episode. He just said he wasn't feeling well, and looking at him, I think he's on acid right now. Is he verbal? Anyway, <laughs> um, he's. I've actually I've just sent him up to the roof to get some air. So we're gonna see what happens. Okay. Uh, something so, just passed by my window. Hang on a second. Oh, was it a bird? No, was it, it was a John, John Lennon? Lennon. Yes. Okay. That was our worst intro in history. Um, <laughs> so the Beatles. We're talking about the, the Beatles, Beatles today. Specifically. Uh, yeah. Spe- getting better. It's getting better all the time. I used to get mad at my school. Teachers that taught me went cool. Holding me down. Getting better by the Beatles from because the album. It is, the, it is the end, I believe, of Better for September. It's hard to remember because... No, this will be the second last one. Second last one, okay. If I, let, me, let me look at the months and how they work, because this will come out on Tuesday, and then the next one comes out the following Tuesday. Okay, okay. So yeah, this is the penultimate uh, Better for September episode. I'm talking about songs with the word better in the title. We sure are, because we're feeling better. It's September. That's right. Are you feeling better? I am mostly better. I am still a little sick, but, uh, you know, I've abandoned the blog entirely, I think. And here's my logic. Here is my reasoning for you, Alex. Sure. I don't think anybody's, like, of our fan base, I don't think anybody leaves a two-hour episode of Cover Me and is just like, I wish there was more. Maybe. They're like, it's just not long enough. We need content. (laughs) That's what we're here for. We're here for content. Yeah. But yeah, I uh, I have no idea. Obviously, I'm not writing blog posts, so mm-hmm. that's not my personal improvement goal. Yeah, fair enough. Um, how are your how is your deteriorating body doing? Um, it's doing okay. I feel like this is a a, a long term recovery process for some reason. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm, sorry, this computer that is not mine beside me just booted. Um. Uh, I had the uh, obstacle course race for the Calgary Corporate Challenge yesterday. Right. So that was pretty exciting. Um, we we when we ran it, we were the best time. Ooh. Um, but we weren't the last ones to go. 
we were uh, i don't know how many were after us but we did pretty the first pretty well we were not the first <laughs> we were definitely not the first uh, i don't know how many ran before us i don't know how many ran after us but we had a pretty decent time so nice. i was proud of that feeling all right um things are happening you know mm. it's um, all i know on friday you were playing uh, video games that's true i i've been known to play like a little bit of this here and there um mm. but what was that one? Kirby Dream Course? Damn, that's tough. Yeah. If you don't know what you're doing, which I didn't. Which yeah, like, it's a c- Kirby guess, golf game? Yeah, I, was like, I guess I'll curve the ball a little bit. The ball, of course, is Kirby. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it like I like went in a circle. Like it was, <laughs> You can curve it a lot, so it's very, it's very, in- yeah, it was wild. Fuck yeah, that's the, you're playing that on the Switch, right? With the new, I was, new SNES emulator was. on there? Because me and my family have Switch Online. Yeah. And by my, my family, family I mean well. you and... Hell like yeah, brother. Because we're family. We're family. Um, yes. Anyway, so I'm feeling a little better. Feeling a little bit. But yeah. It's, all the it's, time? It's a long term. All the, not all the time. Okay. But that's okay, I think. Could it, could it get worse, though? Uh, oh, yeah. A lot worse. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. I am far from rock bottom. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. This is from the 1967 album Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Which is, I mean, how much background do we need to go in for the Beatles? Um, yeah, so this is closer to the end of their recording cycle, right? Dun, dun, dun. I mean, they broke up in like 68, I think, or 69, so... Yeah. But this was also like, this was like the big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see, this... I see lists all the time of like, what was the Sgt. Pepper of X decade or whatever. Right. Or like, this is the Sgt. Pepper of this genre. So it, it gets used as like this, this like, uh, it's just comparison for everything. For pop music, I guess. Yeah, it is really like, uh, it's peak Beatles. It's the, uh, it's the plat- platonic ideal of Beatles music. Yeah. And like, even, I guess, even comparing it to something like the White Album, which could be maybe called that as well mm-hmm. um i think there's some like duds on the white album in a lot of people's minds <laughs> that don't that this is just a lot tighter more focused yeah less of that less psychedelic hippie nonsense on this yeah. one but obviously enough that because i know the frank zapp album we're only in it for the money the cover of that is a as a parody of the sergeant pepper's cover right and there is i mean this cover gets parodied a lot we're going to talk about like mm-hmm. three songs that have basically the same artwork. Um, there's a, a Rolling Stones album that I forget the name of right now, but it came out, I think, a little bit afterwards and is the same kind of group shot. Right. Um, yeah, it, and obviously, yeah, that Frank Zappa, which, of course, was par- deliberately parodying it because the, mm-hmm. the content of that album is very much, like, anti-hippie, you know? Yeah, like, I always respect somebody who goes so deep into parody that it's almost inscrutable from the real thing. Right, at, definitely at times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then at the other times they're like, flower power sucks, and you're like, alright, I get it, I got you. Yeah. I'm on board, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes hippies were kind of shitty. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, Frank really hated hippies. Um, And a lot of other things, but that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about the Beatles. Alex, who's the best Beatle? And if you say one of the, like, replacement Beatles, if you say fucking... I'm not going to say Pete Best. 
<laughs> or like like who's well, the Jimmy Nickel? The like producer. Um, George Martin. George Martin. I'm not gonna often say often called the fifth Beatle. Often called the fifth Beatle. Um, who's my favorite? I- I've struggled with this because there's been times where I've been really into like Paul McCartney. There's been times mm-hmm. I've been really into John Lennon. I'm a big fan of like Wings Over America. I'm a big fan of the Traveling Wilburys, uh, which would right. be uh, a George, George Harrison, Harrison thing. Um, it's probably not Ringo, other than I think he's made out definitely like. I mean, he's still alive, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he's doing well for himself, and I respect him. But who is my favorite Beatle? Uh, it's, it's not a question I've ever been able to answer, but I've tried. It's something I've struggled with, and it changes constantly. Mm. I don't know who I would say is my favorite Beatle right now. Yeah, I think if we're talking about like who survived the Beatles the best, I somehow think Ringo came out the most unscathed. I think so. <laughs> He's got... <sighs> I don't know, like enough of the, like the Beatles stuff wasn't like really like Ringo's stuff, so he kind of mm-hmm. gets the freedom to do his own thing after the yeah, Beatles. He had the least amount of skin in the game, and therefore he's profited the most. Ironically, because he was the <laughs> one who played Skins. Hey. Hey. Um. Yeah. So and uh, he looks like he's doing okay. And as we've talked about before, he looks younger than his son. So. Yeah, he's uh he's the only Beatle we've talked about I think prior on this for actually having a cover. Yeah, other than we talked about a Beatles cover. That's right. Oh yeah, we did talk about a Beatles yeah. cover. You're right. But yeah, this he's the only post Beatles Beatles solo, yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's uh that's Sgt. Pepper. So what's your what's your history with the Beatles? Have you so the Beatles, I remember in the fourth grade, uh, uh, a, a person we know, uh, a fellow, a, pe- a person we know, I'll leave it at that because okay. we don't need to get names into it. Sure. Um, at, was like, oh, do you like the Beatles? I'm like, no, but I mean, I said yes. And they're like, what Beatles songs do you like? And I was like, shit, I don't know any Beatles songs. <laughs> like my only reference point for the Beatles is the Elton John song in your empty garden. Does he mention the Beatles? <laughs> no, it's about John Lennon, though. Oh, okay. All right. In their empty garden, Johnny, get to come out to play. That was my reference point for the Beatles, so I knew who John Lennon was, I knew he died, and I knew Elton John was sad about it. <laughs> and, like, I had heard Beatles songs, but that was the point of my life where I was like, I don't really, yeah. I can point at one and be like, this is the Beatles. Right, right, right. So then it wasn't until uh, grade seven, I think, I got a gift card for whatever CD store that was in HMV was in Market Mall, and I got the Cirque du Soleil version of the Beatles. Love, love, and then that was my really like first like known exposure to the Beatles, where I could be like, "This is a Beatles song. This is a Beatles song." But they were all, of course, psychedelic up. Right? Yeah. There's some definite changes. Um, I listened to Love a little bit. For me, it was. Like, my parents got that number one, the Beatles album. It, I might just be Oh, one. yeah. And it's, like, it all their number one, one hits. And mm-hmm. uh, to me, at the time, I was like, oh, you know, that's parent music, whatever. And then we went to right. my aunt's house, and we were playing. It's, like, a small town in southern Alberta, right? So yeah. we were just, like, playing cards and listening to the Beatles. And I was like, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> and it, at the time, my music exposure was, like, boy bands and stuff, which don't want to disparage them uh but when i heard the beatles you know i was like i'm into this like and they also listen they like listen to that and like 
Elvis Presley and stuff. Also, like, hit stuff. But this was the first one where I was like, oh, all right, yeah. I could get into yeah. this. And then I didn't become snobby about it until a little bit later. Of course. But, you know, those first few golden months or years or whatever were like, it's a good time. Oh, yeah. And then, like, you know, everybody, I feel like everybody in their youth, at least in our generation, was like, the Beatles are the greatest band of all time. I know. I feel dude. like it's, it's great because everyone had their experience of, like, discovering the Beatles and then later mm-hmm. realizing they, you know, they're not obscure or anything. They're just old. Yeah. Everybody knows the Beatles. Everybody knows the Beatles, and they're just like, wow, yeah, the Beatles are fucking great. And then you had the guys who were like, the Beatles aren't that fucking great. And you're like, these dudes suck. And then as you get older, you're like, these dudes are actually technically correct. They're like, the yeah. Beatles are good, but like, Beatles the best good. band of all time. Definitely up there in, in terms of importance. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, I also, I like them better than the Rolling Stones. I will say that. It's, you know, the Rolling Stones are growing on me more over the years. I guess I haven't given them much of a chance recently, but as of the time of recording, I'm Beatles over Stones. You're Beatles over Stones. I th- I feel like if somebody, if I was in a car with somebody, like you want to listen to the Beatles' greatest hits or the Stones, I would maybe lean towards the Stones just because I, I don't know, like some of the hits on there. I I don't know. Wild Horses for me, I think, really turned around Wild the Stones for me. Wild Horses. Horses. Beast of Burden. Beast of Burden fucking slaps too. Like, I've mostly it's just so got tough. memories associated with that one. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Stephen Reynolds for spitting on your car while we were listening to that one time. Sweet. Sweet memories. Sweet, sweet Flashing memories. Um, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't. I would have to d- dive into the Stones more to to give a thorough answer on Beatles versus Stones. Yeah. And I know that Green Grass and High Tides or High Tides and Green Grass record. That's just like mm-hmm. Stones hits, I think. Might be hits. Yeah. And the Beatles actually wrote a song for the Stones. Uh, do you know what one it was? Uh, so I'll have to look at it. Uh, it's something my man or something. Rolling mm. Stones, Beatles song. Because I know the Beatles version. I want to be your man. Oh, they wrote it for them? Yeah, Lennon and Cardi Penn's song recorded and released as a single by the Rolling Stones oh, and then recorded by the Beatles. I only know the Beatles version of that. Yeah, me too. But I guess I've just always been a Beatles guy. It's crazy how many Stone songs I just know from covers. Like, uh, what's the David Bowie one on uh, Aladdin Sane? Oh, uh, let's spend the night together. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was a shock to learn. It was actually a Stone song. Yeah, because the horniness of that is just pure David Bowie. But I guess that's also Mick Jagger's thing. So. Yeah. Although da- David Bowie added a little something to that, I think. Yeah. In terms of horniness, it was a different <laughs> feeling. I will say that. Not necessarily more horny, but different. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, the rocky road of horny mm-hmm. compared to the, the French vanilla, or like a like a nice uh, maple walnut. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, this episode's not about the Rolling Stones, but no. I feel like when you get into the Beatles, you have to talk about all of these cultural things around the Beatles, right? Right, because that's so much of what they are was like an influence on the culture, shaping mm-hmm. like popular music for decades. Decades, bro. Yeah. So this is uh, Paul McCartney, uh, John Lennon piece, uh, primarily Paul McCartney on this one, I believe. So uh, he says, the idea of getting better came to Paul McCartney while he was walking his dog, Martha. Um, (laughs) I think he wrote a song about Martha. (laughs) Yeah, they have a song. Is the song Martha about the dog? Is Martha My Dear about 
The dog Martha, it could be. Martha, my dear, you have always been my... What is he? What, what has Martha always been? Uh, his dog. Yeah, <laughs> you've always <laughs> been my dog. <laughs> um, so he says, the sun started to rise on the walk, and he thought, it's getting better. It also reminded him of something that Jimmy Nickel used to say. So Jimmy Nickel was with them for, I think, eight days. It was either eight days or eight weeks. No, it was eight days, I think, in Australia. Right, a week. Yeah, he was there for a week uh, yeah. on the Australian leg of their tour because Ringo Starr got the Black Plague or something. I don't know. Shit. <laughs> and he said something about getting better? Yeah, well, that was apparently like his catchphrase. It's getting better? Yeah, he's just like, oh, it's getting better. And they're like, sure thing, Jimmy Nickel. <laughs> That's my thing. <laughs> Tell like, everybody. It's getting better. <laughs> Tell everyone you know. They're like, why? Are you from Liverpool? He's like, no, I'm Australian, probably. <laughs> Probably. And yeah, so this was a real collaborative effort. So all the bright, sunshiny parts of it, the getting better all the time, is Paul McCartney. And then John Lennon sort of came in on his own on this because Paul McCartney was like singing it. And then Paul, uh, John Lennon just said, Can't get no worse. And Paul McCartney was like, I like that. Put it in the put song. In the it's song. quite good. Actually, yeah, I like yeah. the qu- in the quote he mentions, he said, Ah, oh, that's like John being laconic, which is how. Um, Wikipedia described Post Malone as laconic, mm, so... Laconic. So, how many iconic, laconic men do you know? I now know two. Yep, I'm on two. So, yep. Yep. And so the big part of this one, the, the third verse, is famously right. about beating the shit out of women, which John Lennon actually did. He certainly did. And that um, was his contribution? That was his verse. He wrote it, and he sings it. That's right. And it's like, it's a different feeling from the rest of the song, for sure. And that was something, because yeah. I used to listen to, like, there was a radio show on uh, Sunday mornings called Brunch with the Beatles. Right. Uh, on whatever classic rock station. And th- they brought that up, and I remember just, like, being surprised, because, like, I'd heard the song a lot. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that is weird. <laughs> that suddenly, like... That verse is such a different tone from the rest of the song. Yeah. But that's, that's John. Because, yeah, like, the other verses are kind of like, you know, I was a bit of a dummy, but, like, now I'm seeing that things do get better, whereas the, the third verse is like, I used to be a real piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, whoa. <laughs> of course, John Lennon later went on to hit his kid, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should definitely talk about let's let's go through the lyrics now how about and then yes we can... um let, let's definitely go through these we'll lyrics. talk about john lennon a bit but probably not too much because i don't want to kill the i don't want to kill the party no um so the first line is sung by both of them and it says it's getting better all the time now what does that mean now i have to ask the question what is it what is it i it, think it's yeah it's it what is it <laughs> It's better. Faith No More, that's who does it's, that. <laughs> it's getting better. That's what it is. Yeah, is it life? Is that simply enough? I th- yeah, I, I don't think we need to dig into that too much. At least not yet. All right. Um, yeah, so, used, used, yeah, yeah. And then they sing, talk to me, Alex. And then they sing the first verse. Uh, mm-hmm. t- you know, you talk about, used to get mad at my school. Uh, teachers were cool. Good rhyme. No, I can't complain. Uh, holding me down. So, like, it's ah. very much like... <laughs> oh! Uh, <laughs> It's very much like like young person. Obviously, it's about school. The Beatles were pretty young when they started. Um, this is 
this is that this is that feeling of just like man adults are holding me down and that's something that actually comes up in pop music a lot i guess that's aimed at kids um, yeah but i think they were just young it's true know. uh and honestly usually in british uh music when it comes to school it's much darker than this that's true that's true like, and his and complaint here is that the teachers aren't cool when it's usually like the teachers used to beat the shit out of us although and now the the third line where he says holding me down turning me round um could just be interpreted a few ways metaphorically yeah. like holding them down literally like holding them back from their potential turning mm-hmm. them around like making them not go in the direction like follow their goals or whatever yeah or making them dizzy and unable to walk in a straight line or something like it's a metaphor something like that or literally holding them down turning them around and beating them yeah you're right in that uh yeah the holding me down and turning me around can and filling me up with rules can both be metaphorical or literal and the literal interpretation falls in line with my understanding of British schooling in right. that era, particularly. And there was, like, they could hit kids. And as I understand, it did happen. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of both of those. Um, oh, man. Like, if I had the license to punch kids now, I'd probably do it. <laughs> I'd try to be a good guy, but if you but give like, me that power, like... <laughs> sometimes the kids are shitty. Yeah. And they're not my kid. I don't have to... <laughs> you know, they don't trust me. I'm not violating their trust. I'm just hitting them. <laughs> Like there's no there's no power that di- well there is but there's no like authority <laughs> there really yeah and again there is but yeah okay all right I'm gonna again, stop trying to justify the record, punching children don't hit kids not funny <laughs> yeah don't punch random children for real I mean it might be for funny real. if it was so- not something that happened you know if, or if they're like a ripped kid if, like if they can beat you up go yeah ahead and punch if that kid. if you're the underdog or some jack kid yeah fight him sure. <laughs> A hundred percent encouraged fighting jacked kids. <laughs> um, fool you, fool, fool you, fool. Well, I mean, talking about the rules being like wrong or arbitrary, I'm trying to think of an example, but that's definitely also something that comes up in in like British songs about about school. Like they're yeah. teaching us all this stuff, and like this is the way to live life, or not just British, I guess, but like. It's, like, bullshit, basically. Like, obviously. And we live by it because we buy in, but why? Like, there's no real reason. Yeah, it brings to mind, you know, School by Supertramp, which has mm, totally. that idea in it pretty pretty front and forward. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, but like, yeah, a, a good line. Yeah, there's this idea here, which, again, is different. This is where it kind of differs from, again, most British school songs, is that... He kind of is learning that the things they taught him in school were right, mm. to some extent, at least. Right. It. Sorry. At least I think so. Maybe, let me take another look at this. Well, I mean, that's definitely one way you can go. And I think that happens a lot of the time where you're like, none of this makes any sense, and you just get mad. And then later you're like, okay, this is why we did this. It wasn't obvious at the time. They just told right. me to do it, and it seemed arbitrary. But it's actually because of this reason. Or maybe it's just 
because he's past it now that it's better, right? Maybe he's saying school here was a uh, right, but the the line I used to get mad at my school implies that he's no longer mad at his school, right? And uh, no, I think you're right. It could just be in the past. It's hard to sometimes get mad at things that feel like they're so distant from you. Mm-hmm. And again, the uh, the John Lennon lines, "No, I can't complain," seem to imply that you know he he really shouldn't have complained about this experience. Right, or that he doesn't have the like ability to complain because it won't like do anything. He's being held down, but it's getting better. So I'm not really yeah um buying into that. Yeah, this is that ultimately an suggested. uplifting song. Yeah, and yeah, it's hard to deal with the lines that I think in the the end of the first verse there are clearly about physical abuse because I guess even in 1967 you were just kind of like, well, that was life. Yeah, you, you hit kids. kids around. That's what you do with kids. Yeah, I mean until like. Pretty recently, that was pretty standard. So, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, let's see. Man, we got I've a chorus. Got to admit, it's getting better. Better, a little better, a little better all the time. All the time, can't get no worse. So, uh, with with John's sort of derisive lines in this song, it's hard to tell if it is getting better or not. Right, because it's it's like it's getting better because it it has to like or almost like that. Hmm, like. Like, you know, in Fight Club, he's like, we're with rock bottom. Like, mm-hmm. you can't go and get any lower than this. I don't remember the lines right. exactly. And he, well, yeah, you know, you're not a beautiful snowflake. We are the all-singing, all-dancing human garbage or whatever he says. Right. And if you're at the bottom or feel like you're at the bottom, maybe that's just, like, the feeling of, well, it can't get any worse. So, like, this is kind of like that almost... It feels like a moment of clarity. Yeah, it's sort of like the, uh, I don't know if it's a Zen Cohen, it's like a Buddhist kind of principle where it's before enlightenment, uh, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Right. Because it's in your, it's it's internal sort of? Yeah, Yeah. it's just your your internal mind has changed. You're like, well, I'm still doing the same shit. Just now, it's getting better because I, like mentally, my mental perspective is better. Right. And even, I mean, that's kind of the approach I'm taking in many ways to Better for September, to tie mm-hmm. it in with our, our theme thing. Just like, you know, trying to, it, the idea that like change is first internal and then external, sort of. Right. You gotta, you gotta change it on the inside before you start to see things on the outside. So I'm really hoping that internal change uh, results in something, but that's where you put the effort in. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, there's only like there's two lines there really. Uh, yeah. That they repeat. Oh, it's getting twice. better since you've been mine. That's true. So that's implying that there's a relationship. That is. And that also completely destroys what we just said. Absolutely, completely. <laughs> now. <laughs> but it feels like such a small like it's just that line like there's so many lines in this song that can be like so prescient prescient relevant. I think today, and then they throw in like, but it's still a love song, and I think that's maybe just like a, a, that's who the Beatles were. Like, that's what Paul McCartney did, he wrote love songs. Yeah, that's fair, and also, like, external events can have, you know, impacts on the internal. Yeah, absolutely, like, and maybe this other person inspires him to improve himself, so. Mm -hmm. And that is actually what the second verse is about. Yeah. Me used to be angry young man, me hiding me head in the sand. Now, I didn't realize, genius told me this, but he says me because he's a dumbass who didn't pay attention in school, so he doesn't know grammar. 
Is that actually the idea? <laughs> I don't know, like, 100%, but otherwise, why would he use me instead of I? I Yeah, I have no idea. It does sound funny, though. And I, this is a line I always, like, wondered about. Because I'm like, that's not quite right. Because it's like, me hiding me head, yar, like, pirate. Yeah, he sounds like a fucking pirate. So, um, it's a fun line. It, it, it kind of, I don't know why, but it sort of throws in, like, a, a unique quality. That, like, who, who else would say it like that? Nobody. It's wrong. Like, yeah, it's... Exactly. So that's I, I'm I'm choosing to accept that version because I like to give these geniuses credit where they do a good job. So okay, shout out to who? What's his fucking name? Because there was eight contributors on this one, so that makes sense. The top contributor was TFK, Kyle Walker. All right. So maybe that person. Maybe that person. Okay. So he's angry young man. He's hiding his head in the sand, which like. So. Do you know the song "Angry The Angry Young Man by, uh, by Billy by, Joel? Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say Angry Young Man by Sticks. No, not the Sticks one. The, by Billy Joel, where he says, like, he literally talks about being an angry young man with his, like, heart in his hands and his head in the sand or something like that. Or, like, his fist in the air and his head in the sand. Right. So I wonder if that's directly quoting this song, or they're quoting the same thing. Maybe. There might be. Head in the sand is quite a uh, True, but, like, and I guess phrase. it's a good rhyme as well. Like, man sand. Like, not an amazing rhyme, but yeah, it works. Yeah, but it's, it, it works. It's the working man's rhyme. Yeah, which, uh, that's Billy Joel for you. Exactly. Um, anyway, I, I'd be curious to see if there was a, a reference to this. Mm-hmm. You gave me the word, Alex. I finally, finally heard. Finally heard. I'm doing the best doing that the I can. the best that I can. So, so the, word, this... yeah, what what is is the, the word. Yeah, what is the word? What is the word? No, no, right? what's the word? It's love, apparently. Apparently, according to uh, th- this genius. Which is... Is that a song by the Beatles that I don't know? The word? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's apparently from Rubber Soul. I don't know Rubber Soul very well. I know some songs off it really well. It's got some I mean, it's got Drive My Car, it's got Norwegian Wood, it's got You Won't See Me, it's got Nowhere it's Man. It's not the only thing that's got Norwegian Wood, <laughs> let me tell you. Hey, it's got I'm Looking Through You, it's got In My Life. Yeah, I'm Looking Through You fucking slaps. It's got Run For Your Life. It's got Nowhere Man. It's got You Won't See Me. It's got Michelle. Okay. Yeah, it's still a Beatles album. I don't really know the albums that well. Beyond Sgt. Pepper, Revolver, oh, and yeah. the White Album. So, Oh, and I guess... Okay, I know some of the albums. Yeah, it's... I used to... You know, I used to work at Starbucks, and I got to play my own music through the fucking... Like, from my iPod, so I right. would just jam, like, a whole day of just the Beatles. And... I would do the same for other artists, but so yeah, I do have familiarity with quite a few of these albums. Yeah, that's not a bad deal. Just jamming it's a pretty the good deal, honestly. It was, it was, if we're being honest, probably the greatest job I have ever had. It was like I squandered it. Pretty easy, and like you could work on your homework while you were working, basically. Right? Yeah, used to do that. I used to do that. I could have so, recorded a podcast there if we were doing that back then. Yeah, damn. If only we had known. If only the technology. Well, it was there, but. I don't, yeah, think, we, I don't think we owned the technology. But if we had released this in 2012, one, it would have been a lot shittier because we were both, like, straight out of high school. Yeah. Two, though, we would have cornered the fucking market, man. In in Calgary Independent Podcasts? Oh, yeah. Calgary-based independent podcasts. We, we would be... I, would, I tell you this, we would be doing this professionally. We'd have three other dumb podcasts and this one. 
all and about we would be making money. All about various forms of cover. Like yeah, so we we would uh we would expand into video game remasters and uh, film remakes. Oh, not like sunscreen. <laughs> like we'd have a a gun a gun themed podcast. We'd be like yeah, yeah, cover me. Be learn about like, guns. We shot at a brick wall <laughs> with one of us on the other side of it. It's a good cover. <laughs> brick wall, good cover. A plus. Probably not, we, actually. We could do one where we compare book covers for the same novel. That actually would be cool. And then we'd just shit all over the movie ones. Or I would. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, all right. So he heard about love. He heard about love. And, yeah. that, and now, okay, so there is a little bit more about the relationship. He finally heard, though. Finally heard. that people have been shouting love at him for quite some time. Love, 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 love. You know, the artists with the bleeding hearts banging their hearts against some mad bugger's wall. What? Y- you know, uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. Okay, I don't know The Wall that well. It's the closing song, but right. also the opening song. Right, and it's good to stop a bullet, as we discussed. Yes, as we discussed, yeah. Brick Walls are Brick phenomenal Walls. cover. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so you gave me the word, I finally heard, I'm doing the best that I can. So now that he understands what love is, Love, 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 love. Um, in the actually, apparently, and this is correct because I've listened to the song. In the actual audio, McCartney says, "You're doing the best that I can." Yes, it does sound like that. So I don't know. That might just be a fuck up, or, or they kind of like work it in because they already ma- like have weird grammar in this. That's right. So maybe that whoever was mixing it was just like, yeah, that's probably on purpose. Exactly. It's and maybe it's because like since you helped, you gave me the word. You're responsible for me doing the best that I can. So you're doing the best that I can. I guess so. It's attributing it to other person. Yeah, could be, or could just be a mistake because they were all high. Yeah, maybe it's his dog too. Maybe it's his dog. So I've got to admit, it's getting better, a little better all the time. Can't get no worse. We've already talked about this. We did. Getting so much better all the time. Yeah, so it's very positive for this part. Mm-hmm. But they just say, like, it's getting better all the time. Better, better, better. better. Yeah. It's a lot of that. And then, of course, verse three. Yeah, we verse bring it three. down. Yeah, definite, like, change of pace for this song. Going from, like, I don't really, school kind of seemed bad, but I feel a little better, to, like, I was down. But then, like, I got in this relationship, I, like, le- I learned about love, and, and that's a, a better thing. I'm not as angry as I used to be, and they're inspiring me to be a better person. And then, like, I used to beat women and, yeah. like, abuse them, like, psychologically. Like, specifically, things they liked, I would try to keep them away from that. And holy shit, that is two yeah. lines. And then, like, damn, like, two lines that say a lot. Like, that say a lot, and I don't know if he manages a full recovery. Just, like, for comparison, can you imagine if all the small things had a third verse that was just, like, exactly this? Yeah. From, work sucks! Oh, I, I know. know! To, I used to be cruel to my woman! I beat her and kept her apart from the things that she loved! <laughs> yeah, like, that's... Totally, like, it... And, and we know... Heavy tone like, change. Like, I guess that's that, like... John Lennon gotta be like honest and straightforward. Yeah, he called this a form of diary writing. Which like hopefully that hopefully he was changing his scene. I get the idea that 
he still had a ways to go after this was recorded. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I think he still had some rough years. I don't know what point he was at when he died. Um, yeah, I don't know. 1980, he was... Well, he's he had a piece of time. shit dad, I can tell you that much. Yeah. So, he still wasn't great. Like... I couldn't find anything on whether he beat Yoko Ono. I know he cheated on her. He cheated on his first wife with Yoko Ono. Um... He liked to smoke cigarettes. I think that was something brought up in, in this article already. It's like, you probably didn't know John Lennon, like, tobacco. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Of course I knew that. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. It was the 60s, of course. Yeah, it was the UK in the 60s. You didn't smoke. They just, like, deported you. I don't know. Like... <laughs> Means you go work on a tobacco farm. They're like, well, if you don't want to smoke it, you can fucking grow it. Someone's got to do it. But so yeah, he's, he's. I used to be cruel to my woman. I beat her and kept her apart from things that she loved. You already said this. This is heavy shit. And then yeah. he says, "Man, I was mean," which is like the, the, the swiftest way to brush over. I know something it's that... such like a catchy way of just being like, "I'm changing my scene." You know, I was mean, but scene. not you're like, "Hang on a minute." <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, John. I feel like How you many can't. Women, John. <laughs> is it like? It's like yeah. Great, you're acknowledging that it's wrong, but I feel like there's a few more steps. I don't know. Yeah, it's we, like he's doing the best that I the can. First step. Fool, you fool. You're still a fool. Yeah, doing the best that I can, though. The best I can to not hit women. Yeah, Way to go, like, John Lennon. Hope, hopefully, John Lennon, that is not hitting women at all. Hopefully, your yeah. best. Yeah, but I'm not convinced it was. Quite frankly. No, I, I'm uh, John Lennon. But at least he sang about peace and love, right? At least he didn't give us the wife beater's anthem or something. That's true. Hypocrite, maybe, but, like, still yeah. inspiring of positive things, potentially. Yeah, at least not trying to promote his shitty behavior. Yeah, this is an acknowledgement that, like, he has a problem. Mm-hmm. Which is a step in the right direction. And that's what getting better is about. About taking right. steps in the right direction. In the right direction. Anyone. Yeah. But don't hit women. But also, don't hit women. <laughs> um, and is that the only... Everything else is just it's getting better, better, yeah. better. Better, better, better. Yeah, a lot of that. Like John Lennon really slipped that one in. So the, the recording session for this song is sort of infamous because John Lennon almost fucking died. Doing what? LSD. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So, so remember that bit I did at the beginning? That was all based on a real event. So <laughs> With the, like, jumping off the roof thing? Yeah. Did so he this fall? Was the 20, 21st of March, he did not fall, but that's okay. there's like two separate stories of this. So during the 21st of March, 1967 session, which producer George Martin added a piano solo to Lovely Rita, uh, Lennon complained that he did not feel well and could not focus. He had accidentally taken LSD when he meant to take an upper. Unaware of the mistake, Martin took him up on the roof of Abbey Road Studios for some fresh air uh -oh. and returned to Studio 2 where McCartney and Harrison were waiting. They knew why Lennon was not well, and upon hearing where Lennon was, rushed to the roof to retrieve him and prevent a possible accident. Oh, damn. And so the reason they had to take him to the roof is because there was just, like, fans outside of the studio at, like, any fucking time of day. Right, because they were the Beatles. Yeah. And they were late stage Beatles was still, like, going on, more or less. Oh, yeah, it was peak. It oh. was, uh, like... 
and so here, let me throw some more filler words in there. Yep, um, I'm uh, but uh, then uh, yeah, George, George Martin gets him out there, and then John Lennon like looks at the stars. He's like, they're the fucking lovely. Look at the stars, and then George Martin's like, they just look like stars to me. <laughs> stars aren't lovely. They're just fucking stars. I don't know what John was talking about. Yeah. And then apparently, I, I, according to the song facts like story I read on this, he uh, like Paul McCartney took him home, and then later that day, Paul McCartney was like, "Let us put some as well have some acid too," and then just took acid for the first time after John Lennon almost killed himself on the <laughs> rooftop of Abbey Road. And the rest is probably history. <laughs> it's certainly history, if only because it has already happened. Hmm. True. So that's a one fun story. Um, let's talk about the instrumentation on this, Alex. Yes, let's do that. It's so it comes in, starts mm-hmm. off, and it's like this guitar. It's like this. I think it's technically called a pedal, where you play the same like note underneath everything. Although this is kind of a chord, so oh, maybe think, it's a I drone. Think Wikipedia called it a drone. A drone. Yeah, yeah maybe it's more of that. Uh, where it like continues the sound throughout. It doesn't play through the whole song, but like it's this guitar, this like high higher guitar part, plays that throughout yeah. a lot of the song. Yeah, it's the intro. It's in on the chorus. Um, it leaves for the verses, I think. Yes, yes, it does. So in particular, the first verse um, is like mostly. You kind of get the 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 bass doing the like bump. Bum, 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 like it like jumps up kind of yeah it goes like doom 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 yeah doom, like it's a pretty doom. high too and of course Ringo stars drums I think Ringo gets a bit a bit more shit for not being a great technical drummer than he deserves cause like mm-hmm. who else had rhythm like the Beatles um well Phil Collins Phil Collins is often called the human drum machine so okay Try and beat that, Alex. So, like, it's not... <laughs> it's not Phil Collins. Uh, but, like, I feel like he deserves some credit for making the drums sound interesting. Yeah, I feel like, and, like, pretty minimalist on this. Yeah, but it's not, like, a straight, you know, 4-4 rock beat. It's different. Yeah. So, that's what's playing in the background, kind of along with the, with the bass doing the, like, bump, bump. It's doing, like, bump. Bump. Yeah. Kind of. It's just like unusual. Yeah, it's real uh kick drum and I want to say an open hi-hat focus. Yeah, it sounds like something like that or a crash or something. Yeah. And then in the in the actual courses is where the bass really goes off. Yeah, it starts doing boom 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 like it's uh I don't know what you would call that style of playing, I, but it's... I don't really know either. Like it's just a different like bass line. Supposedly the bass was recorded like after everything else, okay. and it got like put kind of on top. Um, but I think it's got a cool sound. It does sort of progress throughout the song. Mm-hmm. So and it's really easy to just not pay attention to it because it's the bass guitar. Yeah. And it's often easy to just skip the bass. Um. Well, yeah, with that sort of drone effect, it, there's a, almost a hypnotic effect to that where you focus on that more than anything else, right? True, true. Um, yeah, it definitely draws a lot of the attention, especially because it's so high-pitched. Mm-hmm. 
like the to the point where I didn't notice the uh, the tambura that gets that starts up about two thirds of the way in. Is that that's played by George like, Harrison? Is that is that the piano thing? No, that's um. So there's a pianette in this as well, which I right, think is actually right. the main piano. Because near the end, what we get is uh, George Martin actually hitting the strings of a piano. Fun. Yeah. With hammers. Maybe, or with his skull, I don't know. Okay. I would guess hammers, though, if I was a guessing man. <laughs> or maybe mallets were handy. Anyway, so he's hitting the piano strings. And yeah, and I think talking... that's those real high notes at the end. But if you go to about, like, 135, that very, like, Indian-sounding instrument. 135? Yeah. Oh, yes, I was wondering what that yeah. was. Because that's the tambura. That's kind of the big change for the third verse musically, is mm-hmm. that that tambura comes in. Um, I was, yeah, I was wondering what that was, because I didn't think that, like, a guitar feedback could make that sound. And it's mm-hmm. 67, so, like, they don't really have much in the way of synthesizers, and the Beatles didn't really do a lot of that stuff anyway. Right. Uh, like, of that kind of, like, timbre design. So I was curious what it was. Yeah, and it makes sense that it's George Harrison doing that, right? Because he got the really Eastern, into yeah. that scene. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is always interesting how like each of the band members brings like a little something. Mm-hmm. To the, like the Beatles were the Beatles because of everyone in the Beatles, sort of thing. You know, everyone contributed. That's yeah, an it's, interesting. It's not thing like to an know. effort of one man dragging along three other dudes. It really was a collective. Yeah. That Except old... for maybe Ringo, but like, like <laughs> maybe, but like I said, <laughs> like the drums wouldn't sound that way if Ringo wasn't there. That's true. And maybe it would still be fine, but it wouldn't be the same. Like, there's what is it like back in the USSR? I think famously mm-hmm. did not feature Ringo on the drums because he was like mad and didn't come in that day or something. So right. Paul played the drums, and it's just like, or like it's pretty straight, like four four rock beat right. for the most part. It's very different feel from the other Beatles songs mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. Yeah, so it's neat. Um, is there anything else? That, like I was saying, the bass um, changes. So, like, I think it's, let's see, it's like this, is it the verse? The second, I think, chorus, mm-hmm. the bass starts to do, like, this walking sort of pattern. Is it the chorus? Yeah, that boom, boom, yeah, doom, doom, doom. Yeah, so it sounds more like a walking bass line, and then that plays for that part. So it does kind of mm-hmm. change, but then it, I think it does that. Sorry, I'm trying to remember all the like times when these things happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, so that's an interesting thing that changes. Of course, there's that tambura you mentioned. The third verse is like the most different. Um, yeah, because that tambura and then the drums become more like tom focused. Yeah, they almost sound like hand drums. They do. They really do. So maybe it's yeah something else that's not a tom, but they have a different. That verse really like we talked about how much of a tonal shift it is, but it also yeah. has. They do a pretty significant musical shift for that verse, and yeah, it sounds and it it is just for that verse, and it can be quite jarring like with the tambura it's very like it almost sounds like feedback like it's very bright there's a lot of frequencies that kind of like 
It, mm-hmm. And it's an unusual sound for, like, Western pop music. I'm sure more so at the time. Um, before, like, synthesizers were super widespread. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a harsher verse and it's a harsher um, sound. Mm. Yeah, you're right. I agree 100%. Yeah. So it's a cool effect. And then they just kind of, like, go back to normal. Yeah, and then it kind of echoes out on a on a drone again, but it's the it's those piano strings getting hit instead of the guitar, I think. Yeah, that's right. It's it's a different sound and it just sounded like a super bright piano to me, but hitting mm-hmm. those strings, that's an interesting way to do it. Yeah. It brings to mind again the this charming man where the guitarist just threw knives at his guitar. Right. It's like, let's try something <laughs> a little different. You got a knife like, "Whoa, what?" <laughs> Like, you got a hammer? Like, uh, we have mallets, I guess. Let me just beat the shit out of my guitar real quick. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Although, I mean, there are a lot of... Let me. I'm trying to remember. There was something my dad was watching on PBS a little while ago. Uh, mm-hmm. about Sesame Street. Sesame Street. No, it was, <laughs> it was like a, a documentary on, on uh, Sgt. Pepper and, like, how many recording techniques they kind of pioneered at least like popularized if not necessarily Mm. invented but like there was a lot of new things that hadn't really been done much if at all that they used a lot in this album and then suddenly everyone wanted to wanted to do it that way these fucking guys just revolutionizing the music industry yeah they did some cool stuff they did um, I got a couple more quotes from Paul McCartney here, just on the song in general. Throw them out. Get rid of them. He says, throw them out. No. Throw them out. Okay. So let's move on to the first cover. <laughs> um, I often try and get on to optimistic subjects in an effort to cheer myself up, and also realizing that other people are going to hear this to cheer them up too. And this was one of those, says McCartney. Well, it definitely has a cheery feel. Even that like third harsh verse... Mm-hmm. doesn't last long and like it's not like they switch and make it super minor or anything it's uh yeah it's, it's different still pretty bright and i didn't even really notice it when i was young yeah like i was just like oh yeah we've all gotten cruel to our women and beat them but then yeah. you're like listen you're like wait a fucking minute yeah it's a tuesday whatever because I'm picturing this motherfucking Sergeant Pepper's John Lennon with his little mustache and the glasses on, and I'm like, <laughs> this fucking nerd couldn't hit anyone. It's fucking... His woman was a fucking body pillow. Like, c- come on, get out of here. Yeah, I have another quote Sorry. here. He says, I'm writing, it's getting better all the time, and John comes in with, couldn't get no worse. Instead of going, oh, you're spoiling my lovely song, I go, genius great. I would do the same thing for him. Yeah, I feel I always felt like in that relationship, Paul McCartney was probably the one who like gave a little more than uh, yeah. than John Lennon. Yeah, uh, I think John Lennon was a little little high on his own shit on his yeah. own supply, you know. Particularly like like there's a Paul McCartney song, "Silly Love Songs," which mm-hmm. is I think from something John Lennon said about like, oh, you know. I don't know if he specifically called out Paul, but he did make a comment about like writing, not wanting to write silly love songs anymore or something like that. Right. And then Paul McCartney was like, what's wrong with that? I, I like doing this. And I like the silly song love about songs. It. But also, like, I don't hold it against you. I get it. 
I think he kind of says that in the song. Yeah, John Lennon was just an OG edgelord. That's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah, that's John Lennon. Speaking of edgelords, Maybe. no, speak, <laughs> not even a little. Status quo. <laughs> yeah, this is our first cover, status quo status in the quo. year. 76. I used to get mad at my school. The teachers that taught me were cool. Holding me down and turning me around. Feeling me up. 76. Now, I actually was going to get us to listen to, I think it's Peter Gabriel and the Bee Gees version of this. Oh, damn. But? But I, I forgot because it wasn't on Spotify and I made these lists so long ago. Okay. That that I forgot. We're also not talking about the Smash Mouth version. There's a Smash Mouth version? Oh yeah, it gets better. Because if you go to the video for Smash Mouth, mm-hmm. Mouth, I had it up before, but one of my windows got closed, so I've lost it. Uh, That's so Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees, my bad. If you go to the YouTube video, you may notice in the description it says, Song, Getting Better, Brackets, Cat in the Hat soundtrack version. Oh my god, this, the version used in the Cat in the Hat soundtrack is done by Smash Mouth? Yep. Oh my god. So, we'll bring it up, but we're not discussing it Not discussing it. Uh, so Un- this is Status Quo. This is a band I was pretty sure I'd heard of before. Mm-hmm. And I have. They did the song Pictures of Matchstick Men, which is on an old record I have listened to. Also, they did a cover of the song Cadillac Ranch. Did we talk about them in Cadillac Ranch? We did, in fact. Oh, man, I forgot about that one. No but worries. The other thing about Status Quo is they've been around for a long time. Yeah, since like, 62 when they were called the Scorpions, I believe. And they're, like, still going. Not mm-hmm. the same guys. But I think they've had, like, two, at least two members that were part of it, like, at least from the 70s to now, I think. Right. Well, because it took them, I think, five years to become status quo. They okay. Were scorpions, and then they were uh, they. Uh, then there was something else. They they had fucking like ten different names. Right, they were the <laughs> scorpions, but not those scorpions. Yeah, I remember that now. Okay, so they've been around for a long time, touring, recording, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. This version like comes in, and it's like this, like harp, like like. Yeah, like, it this sounds is like, like a fucking Christmas song. Yeah, it sounds like a Christmas, but like like from like a movie soundtrack. Like it it's is very, actually like, a movie song. soundtrack. Is it? Yes. So oh, this that explains is, that. Um, the movie is called All This in World War II. Oh damn! It so is, this is from a movie. It sounds it's like it. Literally, just a uh, a documentary that is World War II footage with Beatles covers. Huh. How about that? And so uh, some of the covers are on that are performed by the Bee Gees, Elton John, Jeff Lynne, Rod Stewart, Keith Moon, Peter Gabriel, Tina Turner, and others. Damn. Um, but the, I the did movie not... was critically panned. Sounds like a silly concept, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this definitely sounds like a, it's from a film score. Um, mm-hmm. the, the verse kind of replaces or adds these, like, I mean, strings, basically, they're playing, like, eighth notes. Bump, but yeah. up, but up. Like, they're playing pretty fast. Dun, and there's dun, a lot of that, dun, like, dun, kind of, like, bump, but um, but um, but um, but um, feel. Because the strings kind of do it. The bass does it. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Yeah, the bass is almost, like, galloping on this. It is, like, a dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's got 
it's got that feel um and yeah it feels so soundtrack man but there's also like there's still guitar but like is it hang on is this on the verse or yeah it is uh where like at the end of a measure it'll just do like a little like it'll just do a little lick oh yeah it goes yeah and it is there throughout the verse it's just doing it down to down to down to down but it is lower in the mix than anything else yeah for sure and yeah it's kind of in the back but yeah it's very like orchestral yeah and it's i don't know there is some kind of bell in this like a, a jingle bell and that makes it sound like christmas music to me yeah I don't know if it's a bell, but it might. It must be, right? Yeah, you can hear it. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's like a ding. bell that's at least, it might be a bell and something else, but there's a bell there. Making sounds. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's. But the other, the other thing they do on the like backup vocals, mm-hmm. sounds like vocodery. I don't know if they would, I th- vocoder should have existed at the time. And I can't think of yeah. any other way they would have done it. But uh just just a guy who's smoking too much. Like I guess you could like kind of vibrate your throat. Anyway. It might not sound the yeah, same. I don't right. know. Right. They they do got those vocoder backup vocals. Backup vocoders. Which is kind of neat, because that to me almost sounds like flaming lips stuff. Yeah. Like it really that's... is in that like ballpark. Of course the flaming lips didn't come around until several decades later. But right, it's kind of but interesting. Yeah, you're right. It's got that kind like, of psychedelic rock feel to it. Yeah, even though it also feels very like symphonic mm-hmm. and like film esque, they kind of brought that because they. I mean, they've been around so long. They were part of so many musical trends that mm-hmm. psychedelia was definitely one of them. That's right. They're primarily called a boogie rock band on Wikipedia. I don't fully understand that, but I choose to accept but ignore it. So it's like rock you can dance to. Is this danceable? Nah, no. This one, no. Not particularly. <laughs> this one is great for opening up presents on Christmas morning. It sure is. <laughs> it sure is. The other kind of neat thing about this one is uh, the percussion, because mm-hmm. it's really similar to the original, but they have like a, pers- like a percussion section. So it's like yeah. cre- like kind of this simple drum beat, but like created on like many different large percussion instruments. That's right, amazing. so it gives it more impact. Yeah, I guess it does. That is fair. So yeah, this is a very this is I guess an odd version. It's uh, orchestral psychedelia Christmas music. Yeah, it's a lot of things <laughs> that like generally aren't combined, but it's it's a weird one. So I guess you could say they really bucked the status quo with this one. <laughs> Speaking of Buck, let's Speaking talk about Buck. another another band that has been featured on the podcast before. Big Daddy. Big in Daddy. Yeah, Big Daddy did a cover of Once in a Lifetime from our yeah. Once in a Lifetime episode. And what we said about that one was... Is the joke that they're trying to sound African? I don't get it. I don't get it. Because they're they're supposed we to be like a, a lot of trouble with comedy bands on this we program. We do, we do. These ones, it's supposed to be a comedy band. This is their from their like 
cover of Sgt. Pepper's album of, that is a cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Mm -hmm. Um, Which we'll find with a lot of these versions is that they're pulled from a full cover album. That is true. There are several of those. Um, And this is the first one, not counting the original Sgt. Pepper. Uh, So, and this is, they made it into like a 50s throwback. Yeah, it's a doo-wop. This is doo-wop. Okay. I wasn't sure what the genre was. But this I would, is I'd definitely just might, Whenever you get those, a, a dude going, a boom, ba-doom, ba-doom, ba-doom. I'm like, oh, it's doo-wop music. Ba-doom. And they do have that. They have a, a mouth bass. Mm-hmm. A mouth bass. Basically, if, if a piece of music reminds me of Cruising with Ruben and the Jets, the uh, Frank Zappa album, <laughs> then, it's then I'm like, oh, it's doo-wop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I haven't listened to that enough. That's it. It's a good album. I like that one. <gasps> Like, it's not funny. This isn't a funny version. No, it's again... It, I mean, we talked about this, I say last week, but it was last week for us, it's next week. I don't It'll think, be two weeks or if two we play weeks this right. Yeah. Um, where, like... I don't know how much I should give away about the future, but it was like, what is the joke? You're supposed to write it in a letter, and then I, I burn it, and then... <laughs> Two weeks from now, I go like, but what about the letter? What about all that stuff about the future? Uh, I'm like, ah, I said, screw it. And then like, I reveal that I've been wearing a bulletproof vest the whole time. Well, I figured, <laughs> what the hell? That's what he says. Um, so that's happening in the future. Look forward to that. Us ragging on comedy bands. So yeah, I don't get the joke other than like, is the joke? Actually, I have a few thoughts. I lied. Okay, hit me with I that. lied. I have a few thoughts. It's 1992. It's the early mm-hmm. 90s. It's the 90s. Two possibilities. Yeah. One, is it just funny that it's in a different genre to some people? Like, Yeah, was that comedy in the 90s? Is that it's just comedy? Like, what if it was a different know. genre? The next thing... I think people still think that's comedy today, honestly. Sometimes, yeah. Cause For it's, sure. Oh, but it's usually metal. They're like, what if? Right. A soft pop song was metal. And mm. you're like, wow, Katy Perry's metal. I know. Uh, punchline. What if this pop song from the 60s was a pop song from the 50s? What? Which, like, uh, yeah. in the '90s, like, is that is that relevant? Here's my other thought. I don't know. So this mm-hmm. is actually like they are a pretty solid band, you know. Yeah. We like even once in a lifetime was weird, but like we kind of liked it. Yeah. It's like it was decently well done, and this is the same. Like it's decently well done as a as a doo-wop song. Like it's got saxophones. It's got everything. It's got and, and they're mm-hmm. like in the right place. But like, yeah, it's well the, constructed. Is the joke like earnestness? Yeah, is that because this is that... the early '90s? Like, are they like, look how hard we're trying? Isn't that fucking exactly. hilarious? Like, they're like, look, look at the links we went to. Like, are you ironically covering songs? Like, is that what they were doing? I don't know. That's the only yeah. thing I can think of. Is this just the power of ironic like motivation pushed to its limits? I'm so confused because they were around long enough that. I don't know why they would be doing that in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. But maybe. Yeah, it's just like, this is this is why the, the Frank Zappa album, We're Only In It For The Money, has him just straight up be like, hippies are dumb, so you know that it's a parody? You're like, oh, right. yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, fuck hippies. Right, Whereas this there's... one doesn't have that. It's not like the 50s were racist. And you're like, oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah they totally. were. I got you. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe... It's just something that's so around, like everywhere. It's like, look, I did this song in a slightly different genre. You're like, yep, yeah, that's normal. We do that a lot. But in '92, yeah, maybe not so much. 
Is that because they were like, it's it's uh, it's like marketing suicide to release a 50s song based on a 60s song in the 90s. And then they're like, we're brave enough to do it. Yeah, for the sake of comedy. For comedy. But yeah, this is another one where I'm like, I don't get it, but like, it's decent. Like, they actually change some of the, like, in particular the backup vocals they do, they're like, better. But all the time, so much better. Yeah, all the time. Like, so, yeah, like, it's... that's kind of that's a catchy thing, you know. It is. It's there's good. Like, saxophones. There's like the piano doing the like. Yeah, it translates it to that very simple like rock piano thing, right? Yeah. So like, and then the piano does like. Is that or like that transition? Yeah, it does like the little walk down transition. Which like got to be simple. I don't know why I haven't learned that. I know, right? It's some, some tricks on musical like, instruments. Surely like, that's I should already like know this. Easy, right? But yeah. for some reason I just have never taken the time to learn it. You got, yeah, you gotta take like the minute to learn it. Yeah. And then the like three hours to practice it. Yeah. Even if it's simple. That's the weird thing about music. Like it's simple, but I can't do it like on command unless I practice it for like hours and hours and hours. Well, yeah, because I one time I learned the the from uh, Ziggy Stardust. Oh, like the opening riff. Yeah, and I like I was like check it. I learned it the Ziggy Stardust bit. So I was like beep 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 beep. <laughs> She's like, no, you fucking didn't. I'm like, yeah, uh, right. damn it, I had it. <laughs> uh, yeah. The other thing. Uh, yes. The other thing is the mouth bass supposed to be funny. Maybe. I don't Because I feel like that is, is goofy. Just some Boom. dude being like, bum, ba-dum, ba-dum, But ba-dum. so many people do that straight. Like, it's hard to. Yeah, it's literally indiscernible. Like, if you do the, uh, a thing ironically, but it seems genuine, unless I know these guys personally, I don't know that it's supposed to be ironic, right? Yeah, it's, it's tough. Out of context. It is tough. There's a sax solo in this, and I think it is a good sax solo. Yeah, and that mouth bass goes through the sax solo. Mm-hmm. I just and wanted to point the, that out. Yeah, for the, the cruel woman section, cruel to my woman, rather, right. uh, it, it gets, it's just piano and vocals yeah, on that. Yeah, it like totally breaks down. They do like, little like tinkly piano, like high piano. Yeah. It's, uh, the guitar and the bass actually play the same part on this. Which is that sort of bass. It's similar to the bass line from the original. Okay, right, right, right. Do you mean the like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still simpler than the original because the original does that almost walking thing on the verses, but... That's true. It doesn't have that. And uh, then they kind of repeat out. It's a lot of that better all the time. All the time. And then, like, various instruments can kind of do stuff. I wrote Mad Sax. I'm trying to figure out if I was making a Mad Max reference or not. <laughs> I'm leaning towards no. Um, and then, like, the lead vocals get the time to do that, like, yeah. like, that kind of thing. And, like, I think it's well put together as, like, a throwback cover. But mm-hmm. I don't understand the comedy again. Again, yeah. It's when I when I just genuinely enjoy it, I'm like, am I the joke now? Are they making fun of me? Hey! <laughs> hey! Hang on a second. So yeah. So with that, let's talk about the cover done by the fifth Beatle, Paul McCartney. It's getting better all the time. I used to get 
because as we all know, Paul McCartney died in the 60s, and this is his replacement. That's right. <laughs> uh, so this is a live version. Uh, I, I was looking at the like album, and it's mm-hmm. like it's back in the U.S. I guess it might not be from one show, but it's extensive. And like yeah, it's a, a double album. Like and a, a, so this yeah, a Paul McCartney like live show. If he can, you know, keep up the energy, could be very very long because he's got a ton of songs that people. Want oh to hear. yeah. And so, yeah, so it's, it is taken, if you look at the uh, the track listing on the Wikipedia page, it'll actually put in brackets what city he was in for the, the okay. shows. So it's not all one show. Not all one show. This particular sense. performance of Getting Better is from Denver. Now, there's a big controversy Denver. with this live album oh. um, that McCartney deliberately flipped the writing credits. So traditionally, it's always been Lennon and McCartney. Oh. But he, he flipped them to read McCartney and Lennon. And well, he actually geez. tried to do this earlier on a Beatles anthology in 1995. So this is 15 years after John Lennon had passed. Right. But George Harrison and Ringo Starr <laughs> vetoed that. They're like, no, we'll just leave it as is. And then, so he did this on this album, and Yoko Ono was, like, threatening to take him to court over it. Holy and shit. Ring- Ringo Starr was like, that's a little underhanded, but, you know, it's, it's fine. Like, And... What's interesting, though, is on the 1997 uh, John Lennon compilation, Lennon Legend, uh, Yoko Ono deliberately dropped uh, the co-writing credit for Paul McCartney on Give Peace a Chance. This is, of course, six years before this album. And way back in Wings Over America, Paul McCartney had already done this movie. He had already flipped the writing credits and nobody gave a shit. (laughs) Oh, that's because Wings Over America is so hard to find on CD for so long. Not actually. (laughs) But it did take them like twenty years to reissue it. <sighs> yeah, so that's that like, is your, your that's fun such, fact. Um, like, like the order of credits seems so fucking arbitrary. Like, I'll try to like put myself last if I can. If I'm like listing people, I'm like, I'll just seem like an asshole if I'm first, right? And if there's like four people, like, uh, maybe if I'm like second or third, no one will. Yeah, think. and like, it's no myself in there. You know, nobody cares. Like. <laughs> That's, like, such a, like, well, I mean, I don't care, but maybe they do, so I'll do it that, but, ah. Yeah, can you imagine somebody picking up this, and they're like, oh, I always thought it was Lennon and McCartney. McCartney and Lennon. I guess it's more that Paul character and not the Lennon guy. I was worried because I thought it was a communist song, and you know how Lennons are around communism. Yeah, those fucking Lennons love communism. But. Yeah, so this is Paul McCartney in like 2002. Yes, and, 2002 uh, tour released in 2003 as a CD. And I mean, he's been playing these songs for a long time. I was expecting mm-hmm. it to be pretty close, and it is pretty close. Yeah, it's a very straight cover. There's not honestly a lot to talk about. It's uh, Rusty Anderson and Brian Ray on guitar, um, Abe Laboreal Jr. on drums, who is. Like he, his whole family is musicians, basically. Yeah, they're all named Abe. I think he's the son of Abe Laboreal, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, Paul Wickens on keyboards, and I don't know who does the backup vocals. Maybe just everybody. Could just be everybody. Um, now it could be the fifth Beatle, New York City. <laughs> Everyone's a fifth Beatle now. I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, or Denver, I guess. Uh, I guess, yeah, in this case. <laughs> so, the big difference I noticed, well, there's two, basically. One, obviously, John Lennon is not singing the third verse. 
Yep. Uh, it's Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. And the guitar. Confirmed Paul McCartney beats his wife. Paul McCartney beats his wife. Uh, which one, though? Mm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if how many times you've been married. Anyway, doesn't matter. The point is, the other thing is the guitar has, like, some feedback on it throughout yep. most of the song. I think it comes in, like, pretty early on. Let me just find it. So, like, the way the guitar sounds, it's just a lot more feedback. And then they kind of use that in the third verse to make that um, sort of discord, like, what was the instrument called again? The the tambura. Yeah, they don't have a tambura, but they have, like, feedback on the guitar. Now, it's not different from the other verses, really, because the guitar sound kind of stays the same. But it is sort of... I think trying to recreate that. It's just a little weird to me that they kept it throughout the rest of the song. Yeah. And it is, the guitar is trying to sort of imitate the same sound of the tambura, but it really mm-hmm. can't do that. Because, yeah, it's obviously not a tambura. Obviously not a tambura. They should have just, it's 2002. You think they would have been able to do some synth tricks on it? Yeah, we definitely had the technology in 02, especially if you're like Paul McCartney. Yeah, and like, especially if you have Paul Wickens on keyboards. Yeah, come on, Paul Wickens. Everybody just called him Wicks. Come on, Wicks. It's like I watched The Thing a little while ago, and like everyone is like nicknames. Every single character. It's either like their last name or just like some random sh- <laughs> Like, it's great. It's such like bros at the South Pole vibe at the start and then of course everybody dies because it's the thing spoilers can't wait for the reboot bros at the south bros pole at the south pole but it's great i really really i really felt like i could relate with windows mm. the, the character. a guy named windows because he windows. wears glasses because he wears glasses and he has curly hair Ooh, that's you Alex. and he was doing pretty good until his head got bit off Oh, bummer. More or less. It got bit. I think that's how your life is going to go, though, right? Yeah, like, it's going well, and then just lost his head. Just, yeah, loss of head, man. Happens to the best Damn. of us. And then it rolled. That's a Beatles, well, that's a Beatles reference. Then it rolled. It rolled um, somewhere. I don't remember where. Uh, anyway. Rock and roll. Yeah, so that's the Paul McCartney cover. Yeah. Let's it's talk about another cover. Another live in cover. A, in a later year, another live cover. This is, is this live? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's like it's from the album it. Sgt. Pepper's Live. Sgt. Pepper's Live. It's this is Cheap Trick. Cheap Trick. It... It's got to matter all the time. I used to get mad at my school. The teachers who taught me were cool. You holding me down. In like 2009, apparently they did this. Uh, oh, do we have to talk about Cheap Trick? Um. It's Cheap Trick, baby. We've talked about, like, they're, they're a popular band. They're Cheap Trick. They did some songs that were good. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. This seems a little weird. Yeah. Surrender. 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 <laughs> it seems a little weird. Um, the Dream Police, they live inside of my head, inside of my head. Inside of my head. Inside of my head. Yeah. What else did they do? They do... Um, other songs. They certainly have a song about rock and roll, right? Uh, probably. Um, I want you to want me is apparently one song they do. Is that theirs originally? There's I, no way. I thought it but it's was. their most popular one. I thought it was. Yeah, um, it might be. Yeah. Apparently they have something on the Top Gun soundtrack that I don't know. Oh, nice. Mighty Wings from Top Gun. Um. Anyway, so yeah, cheap trick. And apparently they did a tour 
where yeah. they just covered Sgt. Pepper and like threw in a couple of their songs maybe afterwards. But like right. the thing was, come watch Cheap Trick play Sgt. Pepper, which is which, kind I of, don't know who the target audience is. In 2009, <laughs> like what? Like play yeah. some Sgt. Pepper songs in a Cheap Trick show, but like what are you guys doing? I guess at that point, maybe they don't need the money. So they're just like, do you guys want to play Sgt. Pepper? I like, guess, yeah. That's fair. Do what you want, sure. Do what okay. you fucking want. Be an Encino, man. I don't care. <laughs> Cheap Trick was in Encino, now, man? Like, didn't they do a song? Like, we talked oh, about Oh, they them. did. It was, uh... Fuck. They did a cover of... I forget, can't remember what it was it's, now. A, it's got a, it's Wild Thing. It's obviously it's Wild Thing. Wild Thing. Speaking of which, 52 episodes, Alex. This, this is the 52nd 52? release. This I believe so. Oh, man, that's a year. That is a one full year. We've gone a year. That's so exciting. And, and what have we learned, Alex? Um, Cheap Trick did a song in Encino Man. That's right. That was the big takeaway from a whole year of covers. Yep, that's um, the thing. Yeah. So, all right, this version. Um, their Who purpose... did the Garfield version of that, though? Of Wild Thing? Of Wild Thing, yeah. There was one that featured in Garfield. I think it was Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, if I want to be uh, fully accurate. What's the new Pussycat? Wild Thing by Cheap Trick is on the original Garfield soundtrack. Okay. And also Encino Man? Yeah, it was originally in Encino Man, and then... Okay, good. All right. So, yes. Way to go, Cheap Trick. You made it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is a very strange version, because it is a straight, like, structurally, it's identical, basically. Yeah. But like the tone on that guitar on the drone guitar is identical. Yeah, it's like super close. But what's there's a few weird things about this one. One, Cheap Trick didn't look up the vocalist's name. Actually, kind of sounds like later Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Like, like not the same, obviously, but like they have right. some similarities. Which I don't know if he's doing it on purpose or what. Um, and the bass is really really heavy. Like, if you listen for the bass and drums, they're, like, very forward in the mix. I thought. Yes. Sorry, could you repeat that? You thought he sounded like Paul McCartney. I thought he sounded like later Paul McCartney. Later Paul like McCartney. post-Beatles Paul McCartney. Yeah. Which, and it's uh, kind of interesting. Kind of interesting, yeah. I, it went the, particularly with the first line he says, where he says it's getting better all the time. I yeah. can't tell if he's putting on a voice or not, you know? Yeah, it almost seems like he's trying to imitate him, and I don't know if he is or that's just what he sounds like. Yeah. Um, And then there's, like, a lot of, like, the drums and bass are really forward. Yeah, the bass almost is, it's actually pretty faithful to the original. It just sounds it like it has higher energy. It is. And it's very, like, it's louder. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. So they performed this album with a full orchestra. Which, yeah, I couldn't really hear on this song. I couldn't hear it on this song either. At all. Um, yeah, and, and so alone. instead of sounding like hand drums near the end there with the... Because on the toms there, it just sounds like straight-up toms to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sgt. Pepper was very much like a studio album. Because they weren't touring yeah. at that point. So they were like, what can we do in the studio? We don't have to play it live. Doesn't matter. No restrictions. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if we mentioned it, but the first time the Getting Better was ever played live by a Beatles member was by Paul McCartney in 2002. For real? Yeah. Damn. Wow, that's wild. I didn't realize that. I guess yeah, that, that is was, a big uh, deal. Little Wikipedia fun fact for you. Huh. Interesting. 
Yeah, because none of this stuff. I remember listening to Brunch with the Beatles. Or was it Breakfast with the Beatles? Doesn't matter. On Sundays, and them like talking about Revolver and mentioning like, is I think they were still touring a bit when they mm-hmm. were writing it, but then they're like, most of these songs were never played live. Oh, interesting. Right. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I've never even thought of how few of the later Beatles songs were played live. Yeah. Aside from when they did like the rooftop concert, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That does exist. Um, but yes. Uh, I guess yeah, this Cheap is Trick like a... coming in to rectify that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it and... sounds a bit more Cheap Trick. It's a bit more like hard sound on the guitar, but for the most yeah, part... Yeah, it leans towards hard rock, but yeah. it's really just a very straightforward cover. It is pretty close, other than some like level differences. There's one moment. Let me find it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right at like 148-ish. Yeah. It sounds like he says, I'm doing the best that I can. And the band's like... <gasps> Like, it's a huge gasp. I don't know why. It's fun. Do they... Hang on, I gotta play that louder. Because it sounded like they just said, Hootie Who. Oh, maybe. Yeah, do they gasp, or do they just go, Hoo-hoo? Now, let me listen. I don't know, man. Still sounds like a gasp to me. I don't know what's gonna happen, man. I don't know, it sounded like this one. I'll listen to it one more time just for you, Alex. Okay. Okay, it sounds like both. It sounds like they take a sharp inhale and then go. Yeah, it's a weird sound. It's an odd sound that I don't fully understand, but it's fun. I don't understand it either. Here's one thing I do understand. that We're not talking about the guys who made the hit song All-Star, but we are talking about Easy Star All-Stars. We are talking about these All-Stars, not Ringo Starr's All-Star band. No. This is the Easy Star All Stars, which is like a reggae collective. It's getting better all the time. I used to get mad at my school. No one the teacher would call me when cool. No me down, turning me around. Yeah, so essentially they were studio musicians for uh, the New York City based Easy Star Records. Oh, I see. So they're Easy Star. Yeah. So they're the all stars of Easy Star. And they do like full album covers, full reggae covers of albums. Yes. This is uh, Easy Star's Lonely Hearts dub band, is the name of this album. (laughs) They do Dub Side of the Moon. I believe they do a Radiohead cover album called Radio Dread. That's, I like that pun. That's a good pun. Yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm into their dumb puns. All right, I support this 100%. So this is what struck me about this one um, is that compared to a lot of the reggae covers that we listened to, it was actually pretty faithful to the original. They just kind of threw like the rhythm, the reggae rhythm stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not so uh, explicitly reggae as they could have yeah. made it, you know? Because a lot of the time for reggae stuff, it's like they take the lyrics and they just do reggae and they sing the song lyrics over top whereas this like it really keeps that through line of the of the like drone guitar mm-hmm. and there is a skank you know they're doing different like drum rhythms that are more yeah. reggae uh, so it feels much more reggae but it's actually a shockingly faithful conversion yeah it's uh yeah it's it's really not what i expected and 
it's you know it's when we, some, we get these reggae covers that really uh, kind of expand the idea of what reggae is mm-hmm. and i appreciate that you know right because it's still it still feels reggae mm-hmm. but it's it's got more sort of influence from the from the original yeah, and so we also have the Mighty Diamonds featuring on this. They're a Jamaican harmony trio, so they're doing the backup vocals on this, I believe. Okay, I was a little curious about that, because I think I saw a live version of this, and I, the guys on the cover of the album, I did not see. I thought, is right. that who's on the cover? Um, What, the Mighty Diamonds? Do you know? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, or is that the actual band? I don't know. Well, then, um, anyway. So if we go to the album, because it's just, fe- <clears throat> the Mighty Diamonds only feature on this track. Okay, then it's definitely not that I'm wrong, and uh, I wasn't paying enough attention on the live version, for sure. For sure, definitely. Yep. Um, so another thing I have to tell you about this one, Alex, is that uh, they say foolish rules at the start. They do. They do. Foolish rules. But, I mean, apparently they say fool you fool in the original, mm-hmm. which I've honestly never heard. Yeah, I always thought it was just like, hoo to hoo. <laughs> so yeah sure i'm like yeah cool right on um okay so yeah there's, no you go ahead there's something very important here yes. so at 136 there's two people you can hear singing mm-hmm. one of them it's not this but it sounds like they sample the smash mouth version okay hang on they both sound Jamaican to me, Alex. I'm gonna be real with you. Okay, one of the guys sounds like Steve from Smash Mouth to me. All right, well, like the guy, the lower guy, the one in the background. Yeah, yeah. And that makes no sense, right? Why that would makes they do no that? Sense. But did they? But did they? I don't think so because he he still ha- here. It's it's stereo done, so you can just pop one headphone out. Okay, maybe it's not stereo. No, it's not. He's in both. He's in both cans, yeah, Alex. He's in both. He's in both cans. Oh, it's almost certainly not that. But when I first heard it, I was like, what? What's Steve doing here? What's Steve doing here? Yeah. That's the question we're all ask, asking. Yeah. And, like, you know what I'll say about the Beatles is they definitely translate well into reggae anyway. Yeah, I mean, S- I guess the about song love and peace. simple enough, but true, true. Got that, like, psychedelia thing. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the bass plays, uh, like, in the original, the bass goes up. Like, it hits the up octave quite a few times. I found here the yeah. bass kind of just played lower in the, Stays low. in the scale. Yeah, yeah. I think there's less, like, focus on the bass. It's more mm-hmm. just, like, like, the rhythm is really, like, holding down and, like, making it reggae mm-hmm. versus what happened in the original, which was the bass was a lot more active, bass line changed, whereas this is, it's more consistent. It's even, like... During the third verse, which usually everything cuts out, they keep that rhythm playing through, and they do break down, a, or, like, some things cut out, but the bass and drums stay. Yeah. Yeah, even right at the end here, you're right, yeah, it's yeah. the bass going... So even though it's less active, it's maybe even more of the focus. Like it's I wouldn't just... say it's less active, it's just... Fair uh, enough. Fair it enough. does more activity in the lower range, it just doesn't go up. Right, it's it's not doing the same thing as in mm-hmm. the Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, it, it ends with that one, uh, like they're just hitting one high piano key. And they keep that bass and drums. Yeah. For most of it. Do they feed out in the piano key plays? Yeah, you get a cymbal yeah. crash, yeah. and then the... Actually, the piano kind of fades out exactly as that cymbal crashes. Yeah. So, 
really. It's just a different sort of function. Yeah. So that's that's our reggae version of it. Let's move yeah. on into our, our psychedelic rock version. Which is Neo-psychedelia. Yeah. I Neo psychedelia. Psychedelia Nouveau, because I wanted to sound French, but... Uh... Mm. Is it do we has does has psychedelic rock needed the the neo or nouveau addition well, to think, it? I don't know. It's new. Yeah, it's, you can still have new blues music though. It's it doesn't like need to be called second like, wave. Yeah, I don't know what makes it neo. It's just Is fun it? to say. It's like saying neo fascist. Right. It sounds. Hmm. Maybe we shouldn't say it that way because it sounds it's, better. I'm more into retro anyway. fascism, but anyway. Yeah, Flaming yeah, Lips, 2014. It's the psych rock band Dr. Dog, as well as the rapper Chuck English and the singer Morgan Delt. Morgan Delt. But I still think it's mostly uh, Wayne Coyne singing in this one, who is the singer from The Flaming Lips. Well, I think he must be doing the backups, right? Because that's Who's rapper Chuck main... English doing the main parts. That, like, raspy part? Yeah, he is, uh, he's a rapper. He is incredibly stoned, apparently, while he was doing this, because he forgot to do the third verse. And that's when they, they reached out to Morgan Delt and had Morgan Delt record the third verse. Oh, I see. Yeah, that does sound different. Okay, because uh, Wayne Coyne does sing kind of raspy. Mm, so I, yeah, I, that's fair. It seems like a, a voice he could do. Like, if he wanted to sound like the main lyrics in this, I feel like he could do it. He could. Yeah, I just, I, like, I googled this to see if there was a music video, and right. there wasn't, but there was them talking about making the song. Okay, okay. So... The other, actually, what I just want to mention about the Flaming Lips, real quick. Mm -hmm. um, Wayne Coyne has been quoted saying that, and maybe he would regret this now because it almost seems like the kind of thing you would, uh, that if he plays an instrument, the instrument he plays is the recording studio. Um, which is a quote that I think really, like, inter like, using the studio kind of as its own instrument, really, like, dates back in a lot of ways to Sgt. Pepper because that was one of that was like the big album that used the studio in that way as more than just like a place where you play your instrument. Right. And they mess around with tapes and effects and things like that after the fact. So I just thought that was interesting. Well, that, that really does seem to be his role soon. on this because yeah. he reached out to Dr. Dog and Dr. Dog recorded, well, they, they, I think they recorded it on instruments, but they were touring at the time. He was like, well, we need it quick. And they were like, okay, we can do this. So they figured it out right. in a parking lot in Pittsburgh. They had an acoustic guitar and some trash cans. And they're like, we got to figure out the instrumentation. So they practiced it there, and then they practiced it a bit more at some sound checks before they recorded it and sent the audio right. over to the Flaming Lips. And then they got Chuck English to sing. Yeah. And then he recorded his part, and then they got Morgan Delt to sing the third verse. And yeah, so he kind of brought all these pieces together. He almost commissioned them from other right. people and then put it all together in the studio. Right, and I guess, uh, did we mention this was also a, a cover album? Um, No, I don't think we did. A Little Help from My Fwens. My Fwens. Apparently, they have Fwens albums, which is basically uh, collaborative cover albums that are sort of... Yeah, I'm familiar with their Dark Side of the Moon one. I don't know how many other ones they have. I think they have one that's not a specific album. Oh, it's just like a collection of just covers? Like, yeah. 
That's very cool. Yeah, Flaming Lips have always struck me, and this is going to sound stupid, but as, like, real big fans of music, you know? No, yeah, I see that. I mean, I have seen the Flaming Lips, as you may recall. Yes. Um, and he was basically wearing, like, um, like a David Bowie in um, Ashes to Ashes outfit, like that Ooh. red with the eye patch thing. Right, yeah. So there's definitely that kind of stuff going on. Yeah, and they, I think it was this year, oh no, last year, I guess, where they released a cover of David Bowie slash Bing Crosby's Peace on Earth, A Little Drummer Boy. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, and it's just, they, they seem to spend equal amounts of time, like, producing their own stuff and also just kind of nerding out over music over. they like. Because they, they've, like, reached a level of success where they can do that. Exactly. Similar to, I guess, Cheap, Cheap Trick doing a whole album or a yeah, whole live so. tour of Sgt. Pepper's. But honestly, I think when the Flaming Lips do it, it's more interesting. Yeah, well, we start this with this whole, like... this doesn't sound like the Beatles. No, it's, like, if you took... Because, like, Sgt. Pepper's has, like, bits of psychedelic rock in it. Like, there's the... Yeah. Like, the budding seed of it, but this really pushes those elements. And Absolutely. And yeah, we... Adds a yeah. lot of synthesizer, which I'm impressed that this other group was able to, um, I mean, there's so much synthesizer in this, maybe it was added after, I don't know. But if yeah. they were practicing with an acoustic guitar and some, some garbage Trash cans, cans yeah. <laughs> Where does the synth come in? Where's the synth? Yeah, that's Where's a good the synth question. Man? Um, but yeah, there's a couple synthesizers, like, like it opens with pretty like heavy synthesizer doing like and there's yeah, a low it's almost one just too. this pulsing that I think yeah. might even be built to imitate the drone guitar. Because it'll occasionally Maybe. get these these heavier pulses, like this more intensity. Kind of serving the same purpose-ish. Mm -hmm. It is changing frequency a bit more. Yeah. Um, and that's like the first minute. Yeah. Is just that. Is Yeah, just a lot of synthesizer that feels quite different from the original. And then... Then it does a little transition where they kind of come in with the, the backup vocals. Yeah. And... Uh, and there's, like, laser sounds. Like, laser sound effects. Yeah. Which is probably just synthesizer. And then the voice comes in, which is, like, kind of laid back and, like, yeah, whispery there's that and raspy. laser. And then there's these, uh, like, guitar parts, I think. Yeah, that you can kind of hear around the laser. And it almost sounds like it's skipping. It's like... Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah, that's right. It does that. And, but it also... It's kind of playing the opening like guitar part. Mm -hmm, it's not yeah. quite, but it's playing the like bam, 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 sort of. But yeah, like you said, it's like skipping. It sounds wild. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's so weird. It's bizarre. Uh, the bass line's pretty faithful to the original. Yes, and also once they come in, like after the intro, the drums kind of do the same thing too. Yeah, they're yeah very faithful. <laughs> okay, uh, Chuck English does this, so he does the verses, and he they're kind of more talked than they are sang. Yeah. Just get mad at my school. Etc. Yeah, so very, like, whispery. and mm -hmm. But there's a lot of, like, backups, too. Yeah. In particular on the, on the chorus. And then they're, like, very sung. So it's kind of an interesting, uh, like, contrast there of, like, him just, like, 
rasping away and everyone's like i can't complain yeah and i think on later reverses when they do their parts they'll there's sometimes they'll do it some of them will sound quieter like they'll play with the kind mm-hmm. of idea of the mm-hmm. distance of the backup singers right where oh where it kind of sweeps around do i have something about that nope oh yeah a lot of the voices are quiet and fade in and out Mm-hmm. yeah and like so even on cool. the the second verse you get the uh, the singer going, me used to be angry, young man. And then that plays call and response with Chuck English. It does, which is kind of neat. And then, like, that's that verse where they go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I want to shout out the harpsichord sound as well, because they do oh, add yeah. a harpsichord. Uh, and that plays for a while. Plays through the chorus, at least. Mm-hmm. And, of course, and, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of, like, effects and those like laser sounds happen every once in a while. Yeah. And uh yeah, there's a lot of like production going on here. There's a lot of sounds. Mhm. My favorite, well, let's talk about the Morgan Delt one. I think it was a good choice even if it was a happy accident to go with him for this verse right. rather than have Chuck English take it. Well, yeah, it does work cuz like in the original it was a different feel, a different person, so. Mhm. And I think the the instrumentation at that point does a good job of imitating the vibe, at least, of the tambourine in the original. Yeah, we start to get more, like, synthesizers doing it, but they're kind of doing their, like, brightness, and mm-hmm. at least in the beginning. And it's got that, like, feedbacky sound. Yeah. There's a lot of frequencies. All right. Um, the one thing I found really cool is near the end, it sounds like a record skipping. Right at the end? Not right, right at the end. Like at, like I would say like 350. Or like 342, 350. Just with those drums going. Oh, because of the way the drums are playing. Yes. That's an interesting observation because that's not something I thought of. But yeah, I can see that. I was actually I was listening to Wings Over America the other day, mm-hmm. and it was skipping because I have three copies. Right. And it was skipping. Uh, apparently, it's not my better copy, but like it wasn't skipping back. It was just like all over the place, so it's skipping a bunch. But I didn't have to like help it along or anything. It was just right. the song was like garbled. It was wild. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a fun time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and this is the longest version at uh four minutes seven seconds. Which is why we talked about it for so long. That's right. And now we're going to talk about Barb Younger and John McDaniel. 2016. I used to get mad at my school. The teachers who taught me weren't cool. You're holding me down, turning me around, filling me up with your rules. I've got got to it. So Barb was also on the Once in a Lifetime episode. That's right. With Big Daddy. Um, And she does chansons. Yeah, what does that mean? Like they're like French love songs or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So, French love uses tongue. Yeah, French love uses tongue. I feel like I feel like we that joke may have come up before. <laughs> Probably. I'm not I'm not that creative. So this is piano version. Not a slow piano version, but a piano version. It's all piano. No, so John McDaniels is a John McDaniel is a theater composer, conductor, and pianist. His big claim to fame is being the lead composer and producer for the Rosie O'Donnell Show back in 1996. Composer? He's a composer. Yeah. Was that was that like a talk show? 
Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. So, yeah, so he's a theater composer, though, primarily, and I think that explains the vibe of the piano on this one. Oh, absolutely. For sure. It's a, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that. But he also, it sounds like that, like, accompanist or, like, thing where it's like, we've just got one piano, so you've got to do everything. Yeah, 100%. It's, so, uh, this, yeah. this one medleys into Here, There, and Everywhere, another Beatles song. I think that's from, what album's that from? Revolver. Revolver. Yep. And, uh, yeah. She, yeah, she does that, and then she comes back at the end and says, Because it's getting better all the time. Do you think that successfully ties the two songs together thematically? Eh. Me neither. <laughs> I think it's admirable to, to make an attempt. But, yeah. Uh. So, and it's not, it's really just one song and then the other. Yeah, it really is. Right? I don't know why it had to be both. Maybe it makes sense to them because there is the like love song aspect to right. getting better, which we discounted entirely and we're like, fuck it, don't pay attention to that. That's bullshit. They yeah. probably were a little bit more, you know, paying attention to that a little more. Right. So they really rely on that since you've been mine line. And then it talks about who that person is. But she still beat the shit out of her woman. She did. She did beat the shit out of her woman. So what is it, Barb? Do yeah, you- Barb. Is you know need them everywhere? Yeah, is that where you beat you, her? You know you need never care or like are you just gonna beat the shit out of them? Like come on Barb, come on Barb. So yeah, this one is uh, I don't know it's kind of forgettable. It's just like it's the yeah, theater it's, piano accompaniment version. It really is. I mean, there's some interesting piano. The piano's decent. It's kind of like a do du- they do a duet on the chorus, mm-hmm. but really that's the only time John McDaniel comes in. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fine. I wasn't super into it. Yeah, it's just like she didn't think a getting better cover was going to be strong enough, so she latched on a sappier Beatles song to be like, hmm, how about yeah, this? Yeah, that part, I mean, it's an entire Beatles cover album. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they decided that these two songs needed to be in the same track. I don't really know why. Yeah. She also combined so, And I Love Her, All My Loving, and All You Need Is Love. Uh, there's so... Yeah, I kind of get that. I don't know. At least it makes more sense than this one, I think. I guess. She also combined something in The Long and Winding Road. Maybe the connection there is more music. That's weird. Because The Cause Long and Winding s- Road has a very like specific start to it, and that's like... Right. They're like, now you're on the long and winding road. Remember yeah. when you thought the song was going to end? Too fucking bad. Now it's winding and long. So there you go. Pim- themes. Yeah. Themes. So that's enough about them. Let's talk about the best wedding band in Bristol in the Southwest. Yeah, these guys, the Moon Loungers. It's getting better all the time. I used to get mad in my school. No, I can't. Teachers have taught me one cool. No, I can't complain. You're holding me down. Turning. They're like, this is another full Beatles, full Sgt. Pepper cover album. Yep. And looking them up, they're like a working band, which, fine, I respect that. I got nothing wrong with that. I'm just not used to seeing that sort of thing. Of like, hey, we check out this cover, but also like hire us for your wedding in Bristol. Yeah, can you imagine them playing this at the wedding and then it gets to the line about beating your woman? 
Because they kept it in. <laughs> they did keep it in. They did keep it fucking in. Fucking lunatics. And they also talk about foolish rules. That's true, they do. Um, it's, yeah, this is, I'm actually shocked this is the only acoustic cover we're talking about. Yeah, really. I mean, the other one is like the sort of acoustic piano cover, and this is the acoustic um, yeah. guitar cover. But neither one really feels like that, like um, what I would complain about as like a sad piano cover or a sad guitar cover or whatever, because they're not really yeah. sad. They keep yeah. the optimism, which is good. Um, and this is, yeah, this is also like it focuses on that acoustic uh, guitar. It plays like similar things. For example, it keeps the like opening guitar part, which is like the drone. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they're playing. Um, but it's acoustic. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of drums. They're, drums, I think, stay pretty basic. It's more like someone was hitting something. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, somebody was one of those, one of those drums you sit on, right? It sounds like that almost. Ooh, a cajon. A cajon. Cajon. A cajon. A cajon. Yeah. Uh, cajun food, that's the one. Cajun, yeah, that's the one. Um, and yeah, it's kind of that. They, like, have some decent harmonies. It almost has the feeling of, of, like, a, a an acapella cover. Yeah. Almost. Not quite. Almost. But uh, that can be said about a number of these acoustic ones that really focus on, like, the vocals and the harp. Yeah. Sorry, I'm burping a lot. That's okay, Alex. It happens to the best of us. Ugh. Focus on, like, just an acoustic guitar and, you know, the singing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. They, they, you know, they do go to the extent to have percussion in there. The, I think there's two guitars, at least, on this track. Yeah. And there's backup vocalists who do a good enough job. Yeah, they have pretty solid harmonies. Yeah. Um, but I will say this, just based on this song, mm-hmm. I would not elevate them above the status of wedding band. No, certainly not. And this definitely sounds like a wedding band song, but like yeah. a, one of the better ones we've heard, I'd say. Yeah, but they're solid, and I'm sure there's more to them than just this song, but this is all I know. And Certainly, but definitely cut the part about beating your woman for the wedding. Yeah, fucking... for the wedding. Maybe. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the professional here, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, so. with that, we're going to get into our final reviews. Uh, we got three categories today. The categories are worst version of this song best version of the song and which version is lying about getting better (laughs) all right um so what's the worst version of this song um a lot of them did a decent job but the last two we were clearly down on (laughs) yeah that's Uh, totally fair so i'm probably gonna say one of those and I'm going to say Barb Younger for also throwing in another song with tenuous connections that didn't really improve. Yeah, I think Barb Younger didn't have confidence in her version of the song, so why should we? Yeah, Barb. And for context, oh. I liked her cover of Once in a Lifetime. That's true. I think we both did. Yeah, it was uh, like stunningly calm and quite and had, bizarre. It had like that. a neat flow to it where she was saying like, letting the days go by, let the water hold me down. Yeah, the days go by, like she really, really put some effort into it. Which like, I was even thinking about that this morning and like started singing and my brother was like, what, what do you, why? 
<laughs> I'm like, fine. You were supposed to be on this episode. Maybe you should yeah. do some research. Do some research, Jeremy. Jeremy. Get Who was better almost soon, a guest. Almost a guest on this episode, but has fallen ill quite rapidly. So, hope you're feeling yeah. better, Jeremy. Hope you're feeling better. Um, all the time. Yeah, we'll get you on another episode, and then you can tell us what you thought about all these getting better. Bit, 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 bit. That's all, yep. folks. All these getting better <laughs> covers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Barb Younger, unanimously the worst, the worst version anyone's ever heard. Um, ever. Let's talk about the best version, Alex. What is it, and why? Uh, Smash Mouth. No. Okay. Uh... Yep. <laughs> and I'm gonna choose yep. uh, Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees. Is it Peter? <laughs> it is Peter Frampton. Is it Peter Frampton. Okay, not Peter Gabriel. Okay. Not Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel and the Bee Gees. Anyway, um, what's the best version? What's the best cover version of this song? Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be unanimous on this too. But yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. Like, I did like the Flaming Lips version. I really did. Mm-hmm. But you know, I also like the Big Daddy version. Yeah, me and too. I think they do some decent stuff, and those are like the two that stand out to me. And Status mm-hmm. Quo was neat, but doesn't quite quite get there for me. Right. Um, but it had some interesting stuff too. So I'm gonna throw it to Big Daddy. I think. You're throwing it to Big Daddy. For, okay. For giving it a different feeling that, like, I don't know. I'm feeling the 50s these days. So oh, yeah. that's just my mood right now. Music wise. Music wise. Music so wise. Give it to. Not, you know, socially. No, that's fair. Yeah, not. So- <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just really feeling the 50s. I just hate, you know, people who aren't white. I don't know. I, I mean, just that's what I feel music. like the 50s, just like dollar value wise, you know? Right, yeah, I like fifty, like the like fifty dollar bills, fifties. I'm into them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah, more of those. They're red. They're cool. They're red. I'm into them. Um, yes, Alex, I I would give it to Big Daddy if I wasn't giving it to the Flaming Lips and Doctor Dog and Chuck English and Marlon Brando, <laughs> Matt Damon. No, I think it's it's Mar- Marlon Wayans. <laughs> That's <the> uh. one. <laughs> it's um. What the fuck is this? That's a per- that's a person, right? That is a person. I yes. didn't fuck something up. Okay, no, good. No, yeah, that one of the Wayans brothers. Yeah, just making sure I got the name right. Okay, good. Cool. cool. Morgan Dilt. Morgan Dilt. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. Right? And I think, yeah, that's what she said. And I think conceptually for me, that's just like taking the psychedelic elements of that are like always present in the Beatles right. songs to some extent. Like later and, Beatles. And then and then just bumping that slider up in the studio. Cranking it up. Yeah, and I really like that version too. And that's the one like I knew ahead of time of these covers. So Right. I, I dig that one too, but today I, I, I just that. wanted, I felt like spreading it out a little today. Spreading the yeah. word. Yeah, shout out to Big Daddy, unless. Because that's the word. The joke is on oh. me, in which case, in no, which case, get out of hey, here. Hey, fuck you guys. You know what? I work hard, okay? Yeah. I'm not Bruce Springsteen, okay? The laugh will not be on me. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'll accept Sorry. your Bruce Springsteen references, but the audience may not. Uh, so what I have to say after that is, so who's who's uh, deceiving themselves here, Alex? Yeah, who's not getting better? Um, yeah. Probably John Lennon. <laughs> yeah, honestly, probably. <laughs> um, but also the Moon Loungers. Sorry, Moon Loungers. I, yeah. don't think, I don't think they're using this song as a way to get better. Yeah, I think they peaked in their field, and yeah. this is just like, they're like, look, we can do getting better, and we're like, yeah, that was good enough. Sorry, guys. No, you know, eh, you know who's not getting better? Hmm. Cheap Trick. I think they've also followed that path. Yeah, I think Cheap Trick is just like, well, but like, just if do we, whatever the if fuck we, we want. 
if we say it about Cheap Trick, it's less mean, so I'm going to say it about Cheap Trick. There you go, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, they're already known as the fifth Beatles, so like we really can't drag right. them. Yeah, the fifth Beatle. The band Cheap Trick. You know who else isn't getting better? A band named Status Quo. Yeah, are you... You think so? Okay, because, yeah, they're, the, they're doing the status quo. Uh, uh, no, nah, I'm giving it right. to the Beatles because John Lennon just just transferred yep. who he was beating. Yeah, sorry, John. It doesn't really work that way. Sorry, John, the Beatles are canceled. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's been our main segment. If you have a different opinion, the same opinion, or just want to talk to us, hashtag CoverMePod on Twitter, uh, at... Some Alex Wise guy, that's S-O-M-E-A-L-E-X-W-I-S-E-G-U-Y. Sure or is. at Jake the Cressy, that's J-A-K-E-T-H-E-C-R-E-S-S-Y. And you can email us at covermepod at gmail.com. That's, hang on, there might be an email in the cover. Oh, it's a security alert from Google. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> so, you can email us at covermepod at gmail.com that's c-o-v-e-r-m-e-p-o-d at gmail.com send us questions concerns reviews um you know just send us shit and we'll talk about it on on air yeah because like honestly at this point send us anything we'll have to talk about it so yeah if you send us a picture you'll be of the only one. one i'll be very upset but we will review it i will for sure talk about a dick pic don't do that but I mean, we're going to talk about don't, it, right? But, yeah, we'll don't, talk but about we it. will reward your behavior. For sure. Yeah. It's, I won't even look at the picture. I'm just going to be like, yeah, it was a bad dick. Yep. Terrible. Terrible dick. We'll, we'll call you out by name. Yeah. Everyone's going to know. Hunch you down, sh- find your address. Shitty dick. <laughs> fucking shit dick. Well, we'll do it. And with that, let's jump into our bonus segment, which is where I ask Alex a question I came up with beforehand because nobody sends Sweet. questions. And so, Alex, this week, two music legends have died, Eddie Money and Daniel Johnston. Right, who I had not heard of. No, me neither, but I started listening to his music because he died. I suspect a lot of people will. Is it good? It is good, yeah. It's people uh, definitely like it. worth a listen. David Bowie likes it, so what else do you need from me? Uh, like how have it. I not heard about this yet? Yeah, David exactly. Um, and so the question I want to ask you, Alex, and it's sort of to prevent finding out about artists when they die. How do you find new music? Uh, I usually wait for them to die. <laughs> Is that really your go-to move? No, no, it's not. Um, in fact, I'm less likely to look at that because I'm like, oh, shit, everyone's going to be looking at Right, you don't want to feel like a poser. And, like, it's dumb, right? But I'm also mm-hmm. like, the internet's tracking me. and <laughs> It's going to know I'm lame. <laughs> My data, so I'm gonna look at my fucking personal data from Google and they'll be like, this fucking asshole. <laughs> just chasing trends like a dick. I'm like, hey. Whatever, man. Just being me. Anyway, that's only half true. But, um, how do I find new music? I'm not great about finding new music, I will be honest with you. That's mm-hmm. like a lot of what's been good about this is I'm exposing myself to a lot more stuff even though it's the same stuff yeah you know there's a lot more groups so i don't have a method really for finding new music but things happen like 
what I like to do is if someone randomly mentions a band in like a Reddit thread or something, I'll be like, I'll check them out. It worked mm-hmm. once, Wolfpack, and oh, yeah. a few other times it did not work out. Um, generally, if someone just describes an artist as Bay, that doesn't necessarily mean they're any good. <laughs> you sure though? They're um, Bay. I only have one example, and it didn't go well. But who knows? I'm excited um, to hear it. who was it. Was it Beyonce? Yeah, have you ever heard of her? No. <laughs> well, I'm just realizing I only read the name and don't know how to say it. Oh, I was going to say it wrong. Um, an artist named Loreen Chia. Loreen Chia. L-O-R-I-N-E. Heir to the Chia Pet Throne. Yeah, um, I, wasn't, I listened to one album, wasn't a huge fan. Uh, but anyway, that was the artist there. Um, so I like to... Also, you? You tell me about a lot of artists? Hey, look at me. Um, and sometimes I let Spotify do it, because Spotify has their Discover mm-hmm. stuff, which can be interesting. And sometimes it's like, Spotify, you think I don't know Fat Bottom Girls? I just haven't listened to it on Spotify. Jesus. I know, sometimes Spotify's like, you heard of the Velvet Underground? I'm like, yeah, dipshit. What do you, <laughs> what do you think you are? <laughs> So, yeah, like, discover. Anyway, so, yeah, that's basically, I'm, I'm really bad about finding new music. I feel like I'm also bad at it, but apparently I help you do it. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. And no, 100%. Really, if, if someone tells me about something, I will often ignore it, but sometimes I will actually give it a shot. I'll ignore it until, like, they tell me about it, like, three times, or, like, six months have passed, and I'm like, Hey, didn't they tell me to check out that artist? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, right. All right. It's like, and like you told me about Frank Turner for like three years, and I was like, yeah, whatever. And then as soon as I heard his music, I was like, no, I'm into this. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, fucking Alex. I was like, Alex, come to this live concert for my birthday to see a show you will like. And you're like, like eh. eh. <laughs> nah, I think I'll actually plan a surprise party for you, but then you're late, so we wait like four hours, and then you show up at midnight. And it's cool. It's good. We have a good time, but I'm very tired. But you're very tired. You could have been very tired and also physically exhausted. And the other thing is, you didn't know there was a party. We just planned it bad. Yeah. Well, actually, like, I did know there was a party. Right. You kind of knew, <laughs> but like, it's not like you were going to come home early from the concert. You had a concert already. We yeah, I already had that. that. <sighs> anyway, it was on us. It's my yeah, point. It was on, yeah, it was on you guys. Yeah, so I used to listen to a podcast, Get Up On This, which is no longer in, in circulation. Don't that's they, still, they don't go at all? No, I don't. They passed it on to two other hosts. I don't think they've put up an episode in months. Oh damn! Yeah, I knew that they changed hosts, but maybe they have. Let's see. I didn't realize uh, was released. No, yeah, they yeah, haven't put up an episode since February. Yeah, I see that. Which is a bummer, but that was a huge source of music for me. Um, other than that, yeah, I guess it's similar to you, like Reddit yeah. threads. Um, I, uh, most recently, I can't remember the name of the artist cause I've only like downloaded the album, but people were complaining about Chance the Rapper's new album. Right. And, and they were like, this guy did a better Chance album than Chance did. And then I was like, oh, cool. Ooh, so I, I downloaded that. that guy. Um, let me see if I can find his album. Um, I also used to hear about a lot of music from the Cracked podcast. Oh yeah, me too. I used to steal Jack music from always played. That's actually where I first heard about Chance the Rapper. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's me too. Um, and I and I and he like made a comment like I think this guy's going places. And then uh, <laughs> I was like, I'll check that out. And it was it's good, good stuff. Um, 
but I don't listen to uh, the Daily Zeitgeist as often because it's fucking daily. I don't have yeah, time for that. Literally daily, and it's like a full-on podcast. Yeah, and it's often okay. It's not as long as ours, which is probably good. Yeah, but anyway, can you imagine if it was as long as ours? Yeah, yeah, we're over two hours right now. I know. That's that's okay. There'll be some stuff to cut, but then when I add in the songs, it'll it'll come out to about two hours anyway. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah at, sometimes I get songs from TV songs. shows, I think. Yeah, it's just if you hear something somewhere. And sometimes, also, like, artist radio on Spotify, that's handy. Mm-hmm. So you're like, hey, I like this artist. Yeah, you know what's Maybe actually I big like for me artists. is uh, Twitter following music, following musicians on Twitter. That's how I found the Homeless Gospel oh. Choir, because Frank Turner was like, yo, the Homeless Gospel Choir is the greatest punk band of th- this year or whatever. And I was like, oh, let me check that out. Yeah, and then, then I listened to that. I started following the Homeless Gospel Choir on Twitter, and he was like, people don't appreciate early early Fountains of Wayne albums. And I'm like, let me check that out. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fucking rad. Fountains of Wayne. All right. Yeah. Their early shit's good. So, yeah, I guess like if I was to, to recommend a strategy, it's go through your Spotify Discover list. And, of course, some of them will be songs you already know or songs that have been on the previous Discover playlist. And you're like, I don't actually want to listen to this. And they're like, yeah, but have you heard it? And you're like, yes, several fucking times. Uh, Follow artists on on their social media platforms because they'll probably talk about artists they like. And that's a solid way to do it. And then the other way is just to uh, interrogate everyone you meet on the streets. Yep, hit them up. But not literally. Don't hit people. We already established that. Yeah. Just, you know, tap them on the shoulder and be like, hey, what are you listening to? And they're like, ah, jeez. Darude, Sandstorm. Dude. And like, they're nice. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so that's been doing? our bonus segment. If you guys have a uh, technique for finding new music, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag the music hunt. Does that sound too much like music hunt? Mm, sounded just enough. Just um, enough, like music, music hunt. Yeah, hashtag amusing cunt and tell us <laughs> how, you, how you get music. With that, that's, you know, I already told you guys where you can talk to us. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on whatever your podcasting is Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Pod. That's my favorite, is that one. But, but. <laughs> and as we always say on Cover Me, you don't know what you've covered until it's gone. <laughs>